Today is a fun episode because we are going to be talking about children and parenting, and I guess this could technically be child training, but we're going to be sharing about turning your hearts toward your children as a father. Well, Elisha's going to specifically be talking about that. He has such an incredible heart towards our children, and I'm excited to hear what he has to share about that and just what mentally goes through his head and why he views that as such an important thing. And I'm going to be talking a little bit too on training and discipline. So we're going to be answering some of the questions we get the most. And obviously we're not experts in anything, but I do feel like it's helpful to hear what people are going through while they're in the trenches. And hopefully you guys are able to get some ideas or some insight or just some encouragement in your own child training. Also, Oh, thank you guys so much for all the ratings and reviews. We blew past 600 last week. Thanks to you guys. So anyways, just a huge, huge shout out. Thank you guys so much. These have been such full weeks. Yeah. I'm grateful to wow. be here. I cannot believe how much this new house feels like home already to me, though. It does. It really does. You've made it that way. You've We've put in a ton of work. Together. Actually, I'll say this right now before we get going in today's episode, that if any of you don't follow Katie on YouTube or on Instagram, you should because she documents all of the renovation projects she's doing to our house, and I think they're extremely entertaining and satisfying and inspirational. And I see her doing it in real time too. Uh, but you should go to her YouTube channel now that I'm a mother or to her Instagram now that I'm a mother. And you can see some of the before and afters for, I guess, yeah, some of these renovation projects that you've done. Aww. They've just been such a blessing to our whole family. Thanks for the shout out. Elisha has uh, provided for them. Goodness knows they always end up being double what I tell them to expect budget wise. Yeah, as much of a blessing <laughs> as they are, they I are knew probably. There was a caveat well, no, I wasn't going to say this, but we it is talk funny. We on this last night. Yeah. It probably has been the number one, like, point of controversy when it comes to money and spending as well. It has. Yeah. I know. When we were talking about this episode for tonight, I was like, well, we aren't going to talk about money <laughs> because it's it's been so fun. You know, I'm like a kid in a candy shop with all the stuff that needs to be done. And it's not that I don't love our house exactly the way that it is. It's just you there's so much see. potential. Yeah. And I I had to come to terms with... I think it's easy to sometimes with decor or with home improvement projects feel like, oh, well, this is a blessing for everybody. It's a win. Which it is. But but I've justified spending too much money in that area instead of being like, you know what, Katie? This is actually like going to Disneyland for you. You can't go every month. You know, sure. yeah. you've got to hold, hold back. So anyways, I do kind of feel bad about that. I don't think you should feel too bad now that we're on the too same bad. page again, right? <laughs> too bad. You guys I catch mean, that. After our conversation last night, I feel like we're, we're, oh. we're on the same wavelength yeah. once again. Yeah. I would, nice. I would be stressed out too. It's like, I, I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be a couple hundred bucks to do this. And then I do that. And then like, oh, well in the next trip to Home Depot is $300 and then each one just keeps getting more expensive. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, the Lord's provided for us very well and I want to use the resources for things like this. Obviously, I want to be able to give and bless others, but I want to be able to 
improve our home, you know, improve the quality of our living in these ways. And yeah. so you're and doing it and it blesses our family big time. And do time. If you're watching this on YouTube, I, I'm sitting in a new chair. Elisha and I switched chairs because I slept on my hair after church and I feel like it's kind of like troll hair. <laughs> like the sides like all slept on weird. So yeah, we were getting ready to start recording and Katie's like, can we actually switch chairs? And I was like, why? Like, well, this side of my head, <laughs> this side of my looks... head is so bad. Honestly, both sides look pretty bad. But I told you guys that. I said, expect me to, uh, like, putting on my makeup at whatever the middle of the night is good enough. Don't expect my hair done. So, okay. anyways, okay, now that we've gotten past the money that we weren't going to talk about yeah. and my hair, which no one really cares about except for me, let's talk about kids. Yes. What a blessing they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. They They're really so are. Awesome. I mean, even I was reminded once again today, like I said, we're recording this episode on, on a Sunday and even this morning at church, being able to go and sit with them and have an attitude of delighting in my children, I think was really good for me going into the service. Uh, because if any, if anybody, I, I mean, I'm assuming if anybody brings their kids into a church service with them, then they've experienced some level of stress that goes with that and trying to keep them quiet. I mean, our children are three, two, and one. And it's hard for them to sit still and to be quiet throughout the duration of a church service. But yet, Katie and I really value being together as a family throughout the church service. Uh, that's how we grew up. We grew up sitting with our parents and sitting with our siblings at a young age through a church service. And it's something that Katie and I want to have be a part of our family as well. And so we really value it and we want to make a point to have it, be, have it happen. But it can be challenging. It can really be challenging. It can be challenging, especially because today I'd say they did great for an hour and 15 minutes. Which is such a long time and to do great for. And the an hour and a half, and that last 15 minutes was just like, like Leon spelled Cheerios, or was it Louis? I don't know. Yeah. All the way down the whole center aisle, and then he's like going down and like quietly picking him up and like stepping on five <laughs> and picking up two, which is like, this is oh. so bad. And it was our first time at this church. Yes. And I will say this. It's inspirational to find a church where other people sit in the service and have other their children, other yes. kids yes. sit in the service because you look around and you see what's possible yes. and you're like, my kids can do this. I'm not asking them to do something that's just like crazy yes. because this one dad, I was telling Elisha, he had the mom had the baby somewhere. It was like had, a newborn. So she was like in yeah, the back nursing yeah, like and super stuff. Super little, like, like what we're going to be like. It's going to be a three-ring circus, a four-ring circus. Yeah, yeah. And the dad had a kid Louis' age on his lap, and then Lucy's age sitting there, and a kid Leon's age. And they were just silent and just stroking their daddy's hair the whole entire service. Yeah, I wanted to ask for his autograph after church. That guy's like next level. Well, you were superhero. next level today, honestly. I wasn't that level. Well, if I was next level, then that guy was next next level. That's true. You were level. That was level. <laughs> I think his kids are what were next level, but it says a lot about uh, their parenting. Yeah. And the kids were just soaking up the love from their daddy. And I think that that's something that is so sweet when you see well-trained kids. I think sometimes we think of training or disciplining or some of the practical things of parenting as, oh, we're putting restrictions on our kids or we're taking something away from them. But really, when a child knows those expectations and boundaries, mm. they can just really embrace the moment for what it is mm -hmm. and not be stressed out. And I, I was I was comparing those kids 
they were just really content and feeling loved over there with my kids who were content and feeling loved for an hour and 15 minutes ish. And then they just start spazzing out and it's like, they know we're stressed. That's not ideal for a kid to stress out their parents or know we're stressed. Right. You know, like the more well-trained a child is, the more they can just enjoy a situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I was just reminded because what I was going to say is that, yeah, this seeing this father and these young children, that was definitely inspirational. And overall, I was optimistic. I came away from church, church optimistic with how our children did, because like you said, they did great for an hour and 15 minutes. And so I definitely think that it's it's possible to be able to sit in a yeah. service with our kiddos. Um, but I was so glad that I went in with an attitude of delighting in my children and not being really um, not having like a fear of man mindset. Because I think that that's so prevalent in parenting. I know that's such a huge temptation and a stumbling block for me, whether when you're out in public, you know, or really primarily when you're out in public is you start parenting based off of what you think other people want to see you do. And you're not considering your child first and foremost and where their heart's at and what their behavior actually is and what the ramifications of their behavior is. And um, because I felt like the stress level was so much lower when I went into church, yes, I wanted to grow. I wanted to hear a message and I wanted to, you know, gather together as the assembling of the brethren for edification. But I, my heart was towards my children and I was able to delight in them and not be upset or mad when they made a sound here or when they, you know, whined a little bit there. Uh, and I think that really set a tone for our whole family at church that was pleasant and it was a good experience. Well, I should, it's I, so good. Well, it totally just sounded so like true. I was tooting my own horn, which I guess no, I was. No, no. But I guess the reason I feel comfortable saying that is because that's a rare occurrence for me. And so it, it was an aberration, but I hope to make that a regularity. No, I think that's so good. That's something I want to keep in mind. And that could explain partially like that. What do you call it? It's not like your theology with parenting, What your ideal ideology. Ideology, maybe. Yeah. With parenting. But it's like that whole concept of how you view parenting and how it affects how you live it out. Hmm. And I could just see, like, that's such a good thing to have in mind as a parent. How often do I parent not out of what's best for my kids, but out of what I think is expected of me Hmm. or what someone's going to think or, you know, and that's just, that's not fair for them. And it's not. It's yeah, and great. obviously I didn't want to be disrespectful to the other people in church today. Oh, that wasn't well, my heart. The, yeah. That I wasn't I wasn't being flippant or cavalier in my behavior to try to distract from what was taking place in the church service. But I wasn't that my priority was to win the hearts of my children and to have a nurturing time with them. And I wanted to be sensitive to those that I was around, but I wasn't like consumed with whether or not they thought we were being a little bit too loud or whether we should have our kids in the service or not. Yeah, and I think that's a really hard thing, especially for a father. I don't know, witnessing my own father in those situations and in you. It's like, I feel like it's almost an ego thing for a man to have children that are well-behaved or that aren't embarrassing them. You don't want to be embarrassed by your wife. You don't want to be embarrassed by your kids. And that goes for women too. But I feel like most often we give our kids a little, maybe too much grace sometimes. Like, oh, they're teething or, oh, they're like, you know, like make excuses for them. Hmm. And I think for a dad, it is a really big thing because their whole family is a representation of their name. Like Hmm. we take our husband's name, our kids take their name, you know, we're a, we're an extension of you. Hmm. And so I think it's really easy for a man to to stress about that presentation. Mm. And and that's just 
that's a good thing to be aware of as a wife, honestly. Yeah, so. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective, but I've always known that I'm a little bit more uptight, usually in social settings with our kiddos, than you are. And I, and I do wonder if that's part of it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll just say that that's a part of it. <laughs> yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's so good. Elisha, okay, so when we first got married... I did not think Elisha was going to be good with kids. I didn't expect that, but I was just like, you know, as the kids come, we'll both figure it out. Neither of us were baby people. And so, I don't know. I figured we'd figure it out together. But it's been so sweet to see how much you love our kids and how you aren't waiting until they're adults or waiting for any special stage to invest in them. But I see you getting down on Louis's level and wrestling with him at one year old and you just make his night or with Lucy and Leon telling him stories. It just like, it melts my heart. And I think it's so sweet that they're going to have these memories or even not have these memories, but have these feelings and this closeness with you hmm. going into seasons and they become more emotionally complicated and more challenging. I think it's going to be easier to, for you to keep their heart and keep their respect because of the intentionality you've invested right now. Hmm. I think it's really easy for uh, dads, especially when they're in the season of being new and their provision and they're, you know, you're figuring out still life is a man with, a wife and kids and work and all that stuff. Typically a lot hits soon for men and women right after they get married. Yeah. And I just think it can be really easy to put the kids on the back burner and kind of have that be a woman's hmm. role. It's crazy. Cause I, what's crazy to me is how much I enjoy it and yet how much of a temptation it is to not prioritize it. That's like so many good things in life. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. Because like you said, even tonight wrestling with Lewis and that was so cute. Like he initiate Lewis is one and he like initiated wrestling with me. Mm -hmm. I was stretching on the, on the ground in, in our living room and he came over and like tried to push me over and was trying to like get rough with me. And it was so cute that he wanted to do that. And I, I, that just, I loved that. You know, it wasn't like I had, it what didn't, I wasn't all put out to have to wrestle with my one year old. It was a total joy to me. Uh, and yet as fulfilling as that is, and as rewarding as that is, for some reason, it's so difficult to prioritize. And I think that because it is a spiritual battle, you know, Satan would love to see father's hearts turned away from their children. And I, oh, dang, I should have looked up the reference to the, you know, the prophet that prophesies about Elijah coming and turning father's hearts towards their children in preparation of Jesus Christ. Uh, we'll, we'll put the reference in the show notes. I think it's like, is that, is Zechariah a prophet? You know, I'm barely aware of Zechariah being a book. Yeah. Is it a book? I don't know. Zechariah, Haggai, Malachi. I think it's in those. I think it's, it's the those? prophets. I think it's in the minor, minor prophets. prophets. Anyways, cause then it's referenced again in one of the gospels. I think in Luke, they reference the same prophesying of father's hearts being turned towards their children. I feel like, you know, a lot about this for not having the reference. <laughs> this is you kind of embarrassing. Joseph twice. Maybe that's why I know about it. Uh, but I guess I don't fully know the context. That's that's why I'm like, I don't want to say what it actually means because I'm not 100% sure what the context is. But yeah, I, so. I do know that it, it references, to, you know, the fact that it talks about it in that minor prophet, which we'll name and later. And then uh, and then in Luke, referencing the minor prophet, they've this same passage of father's hearts being turned towards their children. 
um, in preparation of, of righteousness and that being a good thing. And it, it implies that like father's hearts have this propensity to be turned away from their children when they're not yielded to the Lord and when they're not, you know, walking in the ways of the Lord and seeing, seeing that play out in my own life is so perplexing to me and convicting, but it's also very motivating because I really do think it's a spiritual battle taking place in the heart of fathers. I know it is in my own heart to keep our hearts engaged with our children and keep our hearts homeward and seeing the real fruit that's going to come from that. Uh, because you know, vain, vain glory and, you know, worldly ambition are always going to be calling and pulling at our heartstrings and pulling at our attention and our affection. And it's hard to see the payout of what, of your time that you put into your home and into your children, but it is eternal and it, and it is practical too. You do get to see a practical earthly payout as well. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's that way for mothers as well. It's really easy in this day and age for a million things to call our name and for a million things to seem more like more worthy of being prioritized or needing our attention more. And it's really easy when we have little kids to think, okay, well, I'm going to put in this effort now so that, you know, maybe put in this effort in my career or put in this effort in whatever it is. Home projects. Oh, come Home renovation on. projects. Come on. I'm just, that I could be an kids, example for I somebody. The kids in there with yeah. me. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying <laughs> there might be somebody out there. I feel like that was an attack. I'm not, I was totally teasing. I, I, I will. I, if, if it 100%, was a real attack, he would not the, the, have. Uh, I wouldn't have said it because I would have talked have about that. it in private yeah. because Katie does have the kids with her in whatever room she's renovating and they love it. Like it makes their day. They're handing her boards and they're, you know, handing her paintbrushes. They're like total companions and they love it. And it could be, it could be a distraction though from, from them. And just really anything could, could be a pull away from mm -hmm. our kiddos. And I guess I just want to encourage you guys, just as I want to encourage my own heart in this, these years actually really do matter because mm -hmm. you don't want to step into your child's life when it all of a sudden is complicated and it all of a sudden is a big deal and realize you have no, you have no like equity, no relational yeah, equity. Yeah, there's no and, relational equity. Yeah. That was great. I don't know if that's a good word or not. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Like, yes. Thank you. You went with it. So I, like, All right. I did snap that right up. So I want to talk real quick about training and discipline because Elisha and I talk a lot about our children being a delight. They genuinely delight us. They mm. genuinely bring us joy. Not every moment of the day. And that's not like something I want to spread is we're just like, yeah. our kids just trip around like little rainbows. As much as I love my children, <laughs> a whine, my children whining might be one of the most annoying things that I ever experience. It is so annoying so annoying. It, like your kids whining and crying especially when they're all doing it well it doesn't even take all of them that's what's crazy about it is that two of them can be happy but if one's whining or crying it says just they may as well all be whining and crying because it just like puts a whole damper on the day and so yeah i'm like the biggest fan of my kids and of being a father but i will not pretend like a whining baby is a joy to me <laughs> a whining child does not bring me joy Whining child does not bring me joy. I think there's a verse in the Bible about that. <laughs> uh, but I think that that ratio can be lessened of when our kids are stressing us out or when we're stressing our kids out or when the situation is stressing us out. And I think two of those biggest things are training and discipline and 
if you train, then you discipline so much less. I get a lot of comments or, you know, private messages on YouTube saying, how do you discipline your kids? And really discipline is not the biggest thing that I think we should be focused on. I think we get hung up on discipline and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But if we're training our kids well, then discipline should have such a small role to play Hmm. in, in our relationship. And I think some of the older kids, older kids, some of the kids my age that are now adults that have a negative view of their parents' discipline really only felt disciplined. Hmm. They never connected in other ways with their parent. Discipline wasn't this small slice of the pie in their overall memory with their parent it just kind of seemed like all there was. Like Mm. they told me when I was doing the wrong thing and they punished me for it. And that's all I remember. Wow. I don't want that to be the experience with our kids. That definitely wasn't the experience with Elisha and and my parents. But that said, they were very consistent in their discipline. Hmm. So anyways, with training, Hmm. I think the two biggest things that we're trying to set are expectations and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And having a child that has no concept of what to expect in a situation because they haven't been given boundaries at home or you haven't practiced giving them like role played other boundaries that they might have to experience. They can get stressed out in situations. Mm-hmm. It's like a new situation in public and they act out because they are scared or nervous or they don't know what to do. And they're like, maybe I'll just get some attention here mm-hmm. and they thrive off the negativity of that situation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really helpful that we give our kids ex- expectations at home Cause it's not really fair to discipline unless they know that expectation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that. That's the case. And then, and then role play as far as what to expect in public. Elisha's mm-hmm. really good about this with social etiquette, teaching the kids social etiquette. Oh, sure. Try, yeah. Trying to teach them how to introduce themselves and look people in the eye and stand up straight. Yeah. We yeah. practice that in the living room. Yeah. How to greet someone when they come to the door at our house. Uh, and the kids love it. Mm-hmm. It's a game. It's really fun. And that's a great thing. Something you guys have seen us do a lot on Instagram is just sitting still, setting the expectation for our kids that you can sit still, you can control your bodies. And that's so helpful when we go into any public setting. Yeah. yeah. They have that expectation. They have that confidence. And and they know that there's a boundary here that daddy and mama mean business. Yeah. And it's crazy how those seeds that are planted at an early age really do, I guess, help with the trajectory of your overall life. And like you just said, the fact that as a child, you're able to learn that, Oh, I've got control over my body. It doesn't get to determine what I do and what I don't do. I'm going to, in my thinking and in my reasoning, decide how my body's going to behave. And if you're able to teach your children at a young age, that's going to be very advantageous for them as their body goes through changes later on in life and they go through puberty and they become Use an adult. Use your imagination on how we don't want our kids just doing whatever sounds like what they want Yeah, to whatever do. their body's telling them they want to, you know, it wants to do. Yeah, it's just not a great not a great thing. And I think sometimes you're right. That's a good perspective to have. We don't carry that all the way through. We think, oh, they're kids. Let them be kids, which, yeah, you know. 12 hours a day, they're playing, Yeah, right? At this stage, having them sit still for 20 minutes isn't isn't going to wreck their childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, so having those things, expecting first-time obedience, this is something we're working mm-hmm. on. I'm not good at this. Wow, that's convicting. Well, both of us. I know I was so convicted when I wrote this down because I think this is the biggest way that my children delight me and I don't stress them out is when I say something and they do it, especially when it's multiplied Mm. by two or three or four. Yeah. If you have a bunch of little kids and you're telling them, do this, do that, 
you know, whatever. And then they don't. And then you say it again. And then they don't until you yell or you start coming after them or I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what either. (laughs) Yeah. It just goes downhill from there. It does. It just goes downhill from there. Then what? You're chasing them. You know, you see a mother with one child and she says, Hey, come here, come here, come here. I'm counting to one, two, three, four. The kid has an expectation set that I don't obey till mommy starts counting and then I'll obey. There's always a point where the child will obey or or you get what you want or the child wins. Like there's a breaking point. Yeah, whether it's when you start chasing them or when you Yeah, yeah start and you yelling. see the mom of one kid and maybe you've been here before. I've been here before where you say it. Me too. They don't obey. Louis here right now and then you start chasing them cuz you physically have to grab them and pick them up. But you picture having three or four <laughs> kids doing that? Yeah, right. That's not going to happen. No, that's that's a circus at that point. <laughs> yeah. So training at home We'll have the kids, okay, go run. Now, stop. They need to instantly stop right. and say, okay, mommy. And that's that's all I say. They say, okay, mommy. And we train them that they can ask why after they've done it. Right. So I will totally give you an explanation of why I wanted you to do that, but you do not ask why before you do it. Right. You, they have to have this blind trust because if they're running towards the road and I have two kids running towards the road and I say, stop. And one of them stops and one of them doesn't. And one of them gets hit by the car. One of them asks why, you know, like in that moment, there's not time to give an answer or an explanation. And so sometimes I think as parents, we can feel guilty. Like, well, our kid needs to know why. And it's like, they can know why after they obey. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, and that's a good, what a parallel to our relationship with God is that we obey him because he says, because he says so. It's true because he says so. And as we deepen our relationship with him, we're able to see more and more of why he works the way he works and how he works. But he loves the childlike faith of just saying, I believe you, God. I believe be- you because of who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that's so good. And speaking about the Bible, I want to talk a little bit about discipline. Do you mind diving into that? Or do you have something I don't you know. want to No, that's share? good. That's good. Let's keep going. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to talk about this right now. Well, this stuff is convicting for sure. We've definitely gotten into the territory where we're like convicted. You know, we play that game, like the stop, go for first time obedience mm-hmm. and like sit down. Okay. Stand up, touch your head, you know, and, and it just shows them that like, yeah, when we tell you to do something, you're capable of doing it right away. And they are able to have that confidence in themselves of saying, oh, when mommy and dad tell me to do something, I can do it right away. And it doesn't have to be a huge deal. With a happy heart. With a happy heart, yeah. Um, But boy, just as you're bringing these things up, I'm like, yikes, we are falling short in many of these categories. Oh, Uh, yeah. But I'm motivated. I'm not discouraged. I'm not even beating myself up because I love that the Lord gives us like so much grace and he is working in our children's heart and he's working in our hearts. And so I'm not like, it's not like there's no hope. I'm excited to keep working with my kiddos. And Elisha's and my goal is not perfectly trained robotic kids. No. We've seen we've seen that and that's not our heart for mm. our children or what they want what we want them to experience. Mm. We really have a heart of we want them to have joy. We want this for their good because one, it's a really big deal to God that children obey parents. It makes their lives a lot happier and easier. It makes our lives a lot happier and easier when these things are in place. And so I don't know if we're ever going to arrive, and, and I doubt we will, at that stage where all the kids just function in perfect harmony and no one ever whines and no one ever disobeys. We're all humans, mm-hmm. and you see that 
sin come out in mm-hmm. little kids. Mm-hmm. And this is the way they enact it. And we're kind of God in their life until they can grow up and stand before yeah, no God, God and really yeah. be responsible to God. Yeah. We're kind of playing that role in right. their life. Right. And so just like God continually chastens us, I think that's the role that we are consistently in of mm. forgiving our kids and growing with our kids and chastening our kids and, and constantly teaching and training. God never leaves us mm-hmm. in that parental role. Right. And when you're in Christ too, God takes such delight in you. You know, he enjoys you. He yes. takes pleasure in you. Uh, and I think having that perspective and I think that my, I do naturally delight in my children, but if you don't, I think praying for that heart so that, cause I want to be able to take pleasure in my children and delight in them and, just, and be proud of them and, and have so much joy in seeing them grow up. And so I want, like you said, Katie, you want that all to be kind of the concoction of the experience your children have. Yeah. We're constantly seeking our own hearts and this is, like you said, I'm just glad you said this isn't like a, oh, we have arrived because you guys are going to see our kids like, well, yes. I thought their kids obeyed the no. first time. Like, no, no. <laughs> don't do that to us. That's what we're aiming for. That's yeah. what we're working towards. And, and it's not perfect. No. By any stretch of the imagination. I don't, that's not what we're aiming for though. This mm-hmm. is building character in our kids and in us. And it's not something we're just going to drop the ball on because our kids don't do it perfectly every right. time. Right. And so with discipline, I actually wanted to read this verse because this is an active part. You know, we're talking about God and his relationship with us. It's an active part of what God does with us. Hebrews 12, 6 through 11 is actually a great passage. The whole thing. Imagine that it's in the Bible. (laughs) It's a great passage. But the first verse is, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. I think that's just an important thing right there. Hmm. The Lord does this because he loves us. Our children need to know that when they're getting disciplined, it's out of love and Mm -hmm. it's because we love them. It's not because we expect perfection. It's not because we want someone to think they're good kids. It's not because of anything else. It's out of our love Mm. for our children. I wanted to read, so all of these verses here are on chastisement. And then at the end here at 11, it says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Mm. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wow. Isn't that like such a beautiful, like true, relatable passage? Yes. It's not pleasant in the moment, but the fruit, boy, is that beautiful. You know, the fruit is so worth it. And yeah, that's so good to keep in mind when it comes to parenting. Yeah. And people ask us all the time, well, how do you discipline? And Elisha and I all say this, we don't do one type of discipline, but just like everything, we like to go back to the Bible and see what does God say explicitly? Right. And and what does he give a kind of a theory around? And what are these, what are all these different pieces? Because often the Lord gives kind of this gray, big picture version of our heart towards our children, our children towards us. He also gives very practical verses. And I'll be honest, I think sometimes we can miss out on the simplicity of God's word when we try to explain away very simple and literal verses Hmm. that don't align with our culture right now. Hmm. So I think that when we go to God's word and you read some of these more literal verses, come with an open heart to what God wants and not what our experience was, what our cultural baggage is, what, you know, all these other things. Mm -hmm. And it's not like 
it's a command when the Lord speaks about how we discipline our children. Well, I think most of them are Proverbs. And I, think, I think it's like open for, it's just like good practical Yeah, I've advice. heard Proverbs that, you know, because it's not law. It's just, I've heard it said that Proverbs are things that, uh, how, how was it said, that it's the way things typically are. So if you do such, then such will happen. You know, it's like the cause and effect of life. Yeah, it's there. That's great. Yeah. The cause and effect of life. And so obviously we aren't held to any of these things. It's not like the Bible says, do this. Well, it does in some ways, but regarding Proverbs and I'm child saying, training, yeah. I'm saying with very practical verses on specific forms of discipline yes. that the Bible mentions. Yes. I think you can choose. We have the ability in Christ to choose what we decide to do with our children sure. and what's best for us and what's best for the child. But I think sometimes we make life harder on ourselves. It's yes. all I'm saying right. is when we do not accept those verses and we don't take that advice and we just go, well, we kind of explain away that advice. Yeah, well, and not only do we have the freedom to choose how we're going to parent our children, we do have that, but we still answer to God. And so that's, that's like a scary double-edged sword. Well, yeah, because yeah, cause we, we answer to God for everything that we do to our children, everything, our hearts towards our children, the yeah. end goal of who our children are. Yeah. I mean, it's we... It's a big, big way of responsibility as a parent. I don't know, but... I've just been more and more sobered up by the thought of these children belonging to God and he's given them f to us on this earth for a short time period where we're going to steward them. We're stewards of our children. We don't own them. We don't get to determine where they're going to go because of what we want. We have to answer to the owner of these children for how we've, you know, how we've, I guess, invested into them and what we've put into their life and how we've trained them up. Uh, and so Yes, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. We It is like the parent's prerogative to determine what they're going to do in training their children. Uh, but boy, consider who you're answering to and consider whose children they are in the first place. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really huge, huge weight of responsibility. Um, so just like in a practical way, we might go, okay, if you don't eat your dinner, you don't get dessert. You mm -hmm. know, like that's something. Things that we're always on the lookout for, though are our kids' hearts because different children are going to have different bents and different fallback plans, mm, yes. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not a huge fan of timeouts. It's not like we never say go to your room or anything, but I feel like often children can just go use that time to continue pouting or to build up anger and resentment mm -hmm. towards their parents and really just fortify their rebellion. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I guess I paid for my sins kind of thing, but their heart isn't reconciled with you. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal of when Elisha and I are disciplining our children or they're getting punished for something that they did wrong. Just like, I guess Christ is reconciles with us. Yes. It's never this, like, I'm going to send you away. <laughs> And then, yeah, think about what you do, you know, yeah. and so I'm not saying we'll never use that, but we want to be very in tune to, is this negative for this child or is this helpful for our child? Mm -hmm. Other things to really look for with discipline is a victim mindset. A lot of kids, again, I grew up with a lot of siblings. I grew up with a lot of siblings. Some children are prone to a more victim mindset mm -hmm. and that can grow into an adult mindset where they tell themselves Oh, mom and daddy, you know, are always out to get me, mm -hmm. or I just am always in the wrong place at the wrong time, yes. or I get punished more than the other kids, or any anything that Satan can attack their minds yeah. with, and really get between you 
and the child. And that's what we don't want. We don't want any form of disciplining or punishing or any of that to get between the child and us. The goal, the whole goal of punishment is restitution. Hmm. Like Christ had to kill a lamb. It's blooded to come out for there to be restitution for yeah. someone's sins with right. Christ. And, re- and reconciliation. Yeah, because yes. sin separates us from God, and our children's sin separates them from us. Relationally, yeah. Relationally. And so there has to be something. The whole goal, I guess that whole goal, is that restitution. Yes. So if that process isn't happening, we want to take a big step yeah. back and be like, yeah. how do we how do we rethink this? Yeah, maybe restoration. Yeah. Or what does restitution mean? Well... I do think I used using restitution wrong. Restitution, I think, is when you give something back that was owed. Okay. So restoration? Uh, yeah, restoration. Right? Okay. Yeah. I feel like with Christ, there is restitution. Well, I don't know. I don't know either You guys, now. just ignore my use of restitution, please. Well, I don't even know what that... I'm trying... You kept saying it, and I was trusting you for a long time, but then I was like, I actually don't know what that word you means. You should have brought this up way sooner. I was looking for, like, maybe reconciliation. Well, I said that one time, and I don't think you just, heard me say it. You had to look up real quick for everyone's sake, real quick, okay. what's going on. Uh, other mindsets are misunderstood. Like, oh, I'm never understood. I don't want my children leaving a conversation with me feeling misunderstood. Um, or mindsets like, poor me, or I'm right. So those are just things that we're on the lookout for. I think those are big warning flags. Okay, so what does restitution mean? Yeah, so it's the restoration of something lost or stolen to its proper owner. So it's a restoration, but it's a giving back. Right. Yeah, which doesn't apply. Okay, so (laughs) going over. (laughs) Sorry, guys, you have to put up with my poor but very confidently delivered uh grammatical mistakes not even grammatical mistakes what are those um i don't know your vocabulary yeah vocabulary vernacular mistakes okay a couple more things here on discipline just practically okay how we kind of always want to aim for it to go yes um calming down not disciplining in the heat of the moment yeah ever sometimes i will admit like a two-year-old or a whiny child will get me so worked up it's like Go sit on that chair. I will be in in a moment. Mm. Like, I just cannot handle it right then because I'm so angry or I am so stressed or I'm so fried. And that's not an emotion we want to carry in to having a conversation. Right. (laughs) With our kids. With anybody, really. (laughs) With anyone. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I always ask, and I feel like Elisha does this too. Okay, why are you in trouble? Or why are you getting punished? What happened? So there's no misunderstanding there and they know, okay, well, because mama said this or, you know, because I took the cookie out of the cookie jar, it Mm -hmm. has to be obvious for them. We don't want them to be confused. I always have the kids ask for forgiveness. They need to ask for forgiveness because I want the focus to be on how they wronged, how, how they wronged me and in wronging me wrong God. Mm. And I think it's important because they need to realize the weight of their sin in the moment. That mm-hmm. sounds kind of dramatic, but at the same time, if they don't feel like they did anything wrong, then, then there's like no point, mm-hmm. you know, they yeah. need to understand. And so, okay, say, I'm sorry, mama for, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Right. And then it also helps take away that victim mindset 
of like, oh, you're just out to get me. It's like, oh, they realize I did this. Yeah. And there's a cause and effect here. Right. And then the final thing that we're always looking for is the heart, that reconciliation, right? Yes. That closeness. We always give them a big hug. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you. And it is so crazy to see just like the joy return of their eyes. They're close. We're close. They're closer, I would say, Way usually. Closer. Yeah. Nothing nothing happened negatively in this situation. Yes. The outcome is positive. It's a net gain re- relationally where they yes. feel more trust with you. They feel more safety and security in their relationship with yes. you. Yes. Our goal is net gain. Right. Safety, security, love. Those are things we're looking for. Mm-hmm. If that's not the outcome, then we're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm like, does anyone else hate group text? <laughs> See my phone just popping up like a little popper. But anyways, going back to that, I just talked real practically on disciplining because we get a lot of questions on it. I think a lot of parents feel it's really easy to feel insecure because Elisha, like Elisha said, it's a really big deal to parent kids and discipline is one of those areas where it can seem like one of the biggest deals. Yes. It's like, I don't want to do this wrong. And, but ultimately if we're training, if we're loving on our kids, if we have their hearts, if they know daddy and mama have their backs and we want to hear from them and we're putting in all that time that Elisha talked about and delighting in them and having the right heart and attitude Mm -hmm. towards our kids. And they're so confident where we stand with them. That's all proactive measures, and this discipline is just a tiny little thing that needs to happen sometimes. 100%. Yeah, and I would just finish with, I think, being able to have the big picture vision and, and not losing vision. Without vision, the people perish, the Bible talks about. And it's easy to lose the vision with parenting because you're in the trenches on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour, just dealing with the ins and outs of children. And it can be disheartening and it can be challenging. And when you don't see the big picture, which there's going to be times where you lose the big picture, I think Psalms 127, you know, that's a common verse for children, or I should say it's a popular verse for children, uh, but it, it, it it's not redundant. Like you go there and it's inspirational every okay, time. Okay, stop acting like I know what Psalm 127 is. Well, that's the, the you know, children are a heritage from the Lord, oh, like arrows in the hands yeah. of a mighty warrior. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. And when I think of those, and that's not verbatim how it is, but yeah, it's Psalms 127, I think starting at verse three, um, that children are a a heritage from the Lord and they're like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior and blessed is the man who's got a quiver full. Um, I love that vision of a mighty warrior with his hand, you know, pulling his arrow back. He's a skilled warrior. He knows what he's doing. He knows what the goal is for his children or for the arrow. And he knows that there's a purpose for it. There's a very specific purpose. And being able to have that mindset with parenting and being able to go back to that Bible verse and saying, wow, these, these are, these are like, God's able to use my children, you know, to go out like arrows, you know, and can and engage in the spiritual warfare or engage in this world that we're living in, um, that, Get, that keeps the vision alive for me when, when I see that passage in, in Psalm 127. Yeah, that's so powerful. It, it's just, it's really easy. I lose it all the time. I just feel like I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm not. It's You don't see really results for long seasons of time. Maybe a kid's going through a stage and it just keeps seeming like you're just going up against a brick wall every single day. Mm. And then you pop through and right. you're on the other side. And I right. think that's just so beautiful. Anyways, 
parenting's awesome. This, okay, I told Elisha when we started this, I was like, it could just be like a short episode, like 20 minutes. Yeah. This is so long. I'm sorry. It is. Well, no, I think it's been good. I love parenting. It's, yeah, I just want to keep the vision alive. And if, again, you might not be able to take anything practical away from this episode. And Katie and I both know we've got just way more to learn than we even know we have to learn. Gobs uh, and gobs. Gobs and gobs. <laughs> uh, but if we could just keep the vision alive for you, the fact that parenting is awesome, if you could come away thinking that, then I would count it as a win. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. We're excited to talk to you next week. Katie, any, any parting words? Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.